shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note of these men, uh, what these men had said. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there before them, there was no, nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in, the, in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether, this is, whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And further threats, after further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your, uh, of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they, had, they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Thanks be to God. Well, we have fun coming to church, getting involved, making friends. We're proud of our building. We raise lots of money. We do so much good in the community. But that is not, in fact, what church is for. This reading reminds us that fundamentally, the church came into being 2,000 years ago to hold a treasure 
for the world, to guard it, to pass it on to the next generation, to hand it out to each and every person in each generation. And you know what that treasure is. Now, it's not chocolate. It's the gospel. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus, the good news of Jesus, that in Jesus, God is drawing near to us and drawing us near to himself by the forgiveness of our sins. And he's filling us with his glory until the day that he recreates our world. And Peter declared, salvation is found in nobody else, for there is no other name under heaven given to us by which we might be saved. So as Kevin lies awaiting the end of his life and his meeting with the Lord God, he knows that he is sure that he will meet with Jesus and Jesus will embrace him and welcome him. Because there is no other name under which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. Well, Paul said we hold this treasure in pots of clay. And we are pots of clay, aren't we? We get it wrong. We forget why we come here. We think we're just a singing club or a, or a coffee meeting. But no, we are Jesus' family. And we have been given five world-changing tasks which we can only do together. And here they are. To worship, to honour the name of the Father. To have fellowship, to care for one another. To be disciples, to be in discipleship, following Jesus and becoming more like him. To have ministry caring for one another and to witness, telling people about Jesus. Let's listen out for those five tasks in the next reading. That's John 15, beginning at verse 8. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last.
Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. When the counsellor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who come, goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. This is the word of the Lord. So each of these purposes for which God has designed his church are important, and they're important to St. Jude's. Worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, witness. But of course, this year, we are focusing on witness, on evangelism, because this is our year of mission. Knowing Jesus, making Jesus known. As Jesus, as Jesus says at the end of the second reading, which we've just heard, when the counsellor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify about me, for you have been with me from the beginning. And those first disciples took Jesus at his word. And you've just heard the whole story of Peter, an uneducated fisherman, standing before his national parliament and confounding them with his courage and his commitment and his understanding and ability to articulate God's message to the world. Judge for yourselves, says Peter, whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. My friends, we don't gather on a Sunday merely to meet our friends and drink excellent coffee, which there is, and to sing our favourite songs. We come because we have given our hearts to Jesus. He is our Saviour and we've committed to serving him in this world till he receives us into his eternal glory. Sorry, could you say that again, please, Victoria? Could anybody else say that with me? Amen. Amen. Jesus has given us a job. You also must testify about me, for you have been with me from the beginning. As Peter might say to you, well, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight for you to obey the values and expectations of our culture rather than God and to keep silent about Jesus. But we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. No, my friends, we must not keep silent about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. But like Peter and his friends, it's only as we gather together here in worship, as we read the scripture together, as we pray together, that we will find the courage and the power and the authority to do that, to speak of Jesus to those we know. Well, last term in our year of mission was prepare. We were standing on the balcony of the lighthouse. We were dazzled by the light of God's glory and his love that was shining over us and sweeping out across the sea of need, crashing against our feet. This term, 
is equip. Now we're in the lifeboat station. We're getting ready to go out. There'll be more training for us in March to encourage us, more studying and practicing together as life groups to help us share our faith with others, more thinking about the natural mission fields that God has already given us and planning how we're going to engage with them. There'll be more praying for those whom God loves who don't yet know him, and we'll be joining in the international prayer movement, Thy Kingdom Come, in May. And of course, there will always be more opportunities to invite our friends to hear about Jesus. On Alpha, the Alpha course starting this week, as you've just heard. At our next Invitation Sunday, as you've just heard. During the coming Mission Weekend at the end of March, when some, uh, some young guys from, um, from Oak Hill will come down here to help us in mission. And then, as you saw, uh, during the dramatic presentation of Mark's Gospel just before Easter. So this term, it's a quip, and next term, the summer term, we go live. So as we continue our year of mission, knowing Jesus, making Jesus known, what do we learn from the context of this um, theme verse that we have above us today? Firstly, that those first disciples had been with Jesus. And people could see that. You heard it said in the reading that these uneducated men had been with Jesus. So that's my first question. Have you? Have you been with Jesus? Do you know Jesus? If not, do please get an invitation from Neil or from me at the end of the service and join us on our fantastic Alpha course in which we will meet with Jesus. Secondly, they started with prayer in the upper room and they went back to urgent prayer in the upper room when something happened. Will you keep on praying? Get that card with your three guys, your three people pinned up where you can see it and put next to it the theme verse card. Pray for those people every day and pray that theme verse prayer every day over their life. That God will be reaching through you into their lives with his word and he will be stretching out his hand over their lives to perform wonders and miracles. Thirdly, they knew the heart of the gospel. It's there in verse 12. Salvation is found in nobody else but Jesus. There is no other name given to men that we might believe. That is our gospel. That is our glorious hope that we can share with our friends and our neighbors and our family. That when they face the final moments of their life, they can do so in comfort and confidence and without fear because they know the one name that's given to them by whom they might be saved. For salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. And our training this term is going to be helping us to sharpen our grasp on that central gospel message so that it's there, ready to hand, ready to speak.
Fourthly, they were ready to present Jesus and his challenge even to those who had power over them. What does that mean for us? Those who can make us ashamed, those who can bully us, those who can curtail our lives, those who have authority over us at work, in the workplace. These disciples were not afraid to share Jesus and his challenge even with those who had power over them. And fifthly, they kept on going. They were not put off. When they were told to stop speaking about Jesus, they refused. They didn't get discouraged even when they had rebuffs. Well, if we're to join them in all of this, then we're going to need courage, boldness. We're going to need Jesus. And that's what the disciples prayed for in their upper room. And that's what we'll be praying for through our theme verse this year. Here it is. Lord, help your servants speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Amen. Shall we pray that together? And I think we should pray it out loud. Lord, help your servants speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Amen. Did that convince you? Did you believe it? I can't help feeling that those first disciples didn't just mutter that prayer to each other. They prayed it out with great boldness. Can we do it again, but so the rafters hear it? Can we pray it so that we hear it and believe it of each other? Let's pray it together. Lord, help your servants speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. Amen. And after they prayed, the place where they were, where they were, where they were meeting, was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Doesn't sound like a sailing club to me. <laughs>